We are incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, may I now present to you the one, the only, Emily Batchford. Hello. Ooh, ah, the crowd goes wild. And she's speaking to us from none other than the one and only straight out of Brooklyn. It's true. I'm here and it's cold as heck outside. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Really? Yeah, totally. It's it's open and I've been feeling for you having done a little or lived in the city a couple of years, but I know those winters are definitely as uh, can be quite brisk breezes makes you appreciate heaters. Oh yeah. Heaters are uh, are at a premium right now. The other day it was 18 degrees, which let me tell you is not my favorite weather to be in. Is, uh, do you have a, a, a protocol where you're like, all right, setting up for the season, we need to make sure and have this, or is it, is it more like, are you a tea or coffee drinker? Does that sort of attempt to su- supplement for the frigid? Channel? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I'm definitely a coffee drinker. I like drink a lot. I drink too much coffee, but in the winter, I'm less of a beverage person and more of a like as many layers as I can put on my body person. So I'll do like a t-shirt and then a long sleeve shirt and then a sweatshirt. And then if I'm going to bed, it'll be like the regular blanket and a duvet and a weighted blanket and my dogs. Like it's just as much warm layers as I can fit. (laughs) I I love the imagery. It's so fun to picture you just very cozy walking through the park. And with just like beds of blankets. Can you imagine if I was like, yeah, actually, I just walk around in a sleeping bag. So (laughs) that's actually, hey, that could be a really good fashion um, statement. You know, I mean, yeah, let's start it. Sleeping Bag Nation. Let's go. Yes. Okay. And is there a meetup that we should plan to definitely all meet in a yeah we should make regional meetings um and according to where you are there are like different stipulations for what kind of sleeping bag you're in yes and then i guess it would be more like like flannel in the southeast oh, sure northeast would be more of an h&m or like a- wait i love that it's like purely aesthetic like it's all color-coded and then for the national conference we all meet and we have like color wars in sleeping bags like capture the flag oh Oh my yes yeah i'm ready for this okay perfect yeah <laughs> i was trying to think of where to go with it but no i think we've i think we really found the end of that the end of that <laughs> that journey together <laughs> thank you for being understanding in in the chapter change of of a podcast so like your podcast has been how many episodes do you have of your podcast and tell everybody what it's called? Oh man, that is a great question. I'm going to look up how many episodes there are because it's, you know, a lot, but the, um, the podcast is called the power up podcast. I've been doing it for over a year. It was a year in October. Um, and I interview folks about their superpowers, which is amazing. I love hearing what people think is their biggest strength. And what's funny is that a lot of times, I think given the kinds of people I'm close with and also just the, you know, the people I'm interested in learning from and talking to, like a lot of the time we're figuring that out together and like hashing it out and figuring out, you know, like what is a superpower? How do I qualify my superpowers? Um, But it's been a super rewarding experience. I like fall in love with all of my guests a little bit. You know, I'm sure you understand what that's like. Totally. And and it's interesting to see what kind of just 
uh, uncovers of, of that person. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's cool that natural like willingness to, to have like an open conversation shared with, of course, whoever wants to tune in, but it's cool what you're doing to really like helping people in a therapeutic way. Like, and I mean, I guess I don't, I don't think of it as therapeutic, but I, I think of it as therapeutic for me. How about that? Like I'm always learning from people, but I don't, I, I don't know if people think of it as therapy. I kind of hope not. Like, I hope it feels like more of a conversation, honestly. Yeah, but you've been chill. a guest. I mean, I don't know. You can tell me. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. I was I was just so excited to, you know, just be able to. It was a great chance and better way to get to know you, like, just as we've kind of just been in passing over the years. And, like, we'll... Uh, your boyfriend, I'm not sure what names I should, I'm allowed to, I won't say a last name, but, That's but yeah, my, my, a dear friend, Will is Emily's boyfriend. So that was that everybody that's, there's the two degrees separation and, and we're both act well, she's an actress, incredibly talented actress. I'm, I'm, I'm not even minor leagues. She's major league. I'm, I'm oh a, yeah, a Ma- major league is maybe an exaggeration, but I, but I love it. So that's what counts, right? If you're willing to slog yes. through all the weird parts of acting. Oh my gosh, yes. And did you? I'm, it's making me think of one of the the studios that they have a lot of aud- auditions at. That's oh, more more musicals and plays. But is it not? It's not Rip. Uh, not is it Rip- Ripley Greer? Is that what you're thinking of? Yes, totally. I was going to say Rip Van Winkle, but... The- <laughs> it's Rip Van Winkle Studios. You go there to nap, um, and then they they cast you based on uh, what you look like when you're asleep. Totally. And if you have a sleeping bag that you're wearing yeah. in, it's... Wow, it, weird it, that that's the through line, huh? We're just... We're we're on a sleep zone today. <laughs> <laughs> it is a sleepy Sunday, and I'm, I'm probably going to catch up an hour or two because I didn't sleep as much as I ought to, but the... Uh, the uh, yeah, no, that, that studio, I remember that was just a cool energy in life. And you go, oh, you could tell decades of, of you know, auditions or rehearsals, you know, are had taken place there. And is it, I guess I'm trying to get at a question of, have you auditioned for a Broadway musical or play in your time in New York? Yeah, I've auditioned for a bunch of shows that went to Broadway. Um Cool. It just, you know, I mean, auditions are a weird beast, right? Like it... Mm-hmm. You do, you come in with a version of yourself, you know, the choices that you feel sort of accurately represent yourself in the world of this play. And then they either jive with the vision or mm-hmm. they don't. But there's so much totally. about it that's impersonal, right? You 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 can't possibly know all of the things they're looking for. So it's really an exercise in, in just letting go, like being present while yeah. you're doing it and then walking out and being able to forget about it, you know? It's nice. It's kind of reassuring too that I remember hearing that they like know when you literally are walking in if you're going to fit the role usually or or like a. a God, a, well, I wish they'd short... tell you. I mean, geez. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice if they go, go ahead and audition for us. But uh, yeah, we're just like, oh, we see you now. Sorry, you're not what we're looking for. Bye. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. You go. Can you you're... pay my Metro ca- card on the way home? Totally. Oh, wait, you. Have been, I mean, you've been doing a ton of auditioning in the city and stuff. Like, what's your audition experience been like? You know, I got on a on a consistent flow at, uh, at maybe 2011, and and it was enough where I was, you know, just I didn't have an agent or anything, but doing backstage and actors access and and really trying to utilize, you know, hey, what characters might I might I fit even for consideration, and then you know submit on the online things to get the 
the those call-ins or, right. or auditions where they go so that was it was it was interesting to even just get on a little bit of a continuous flow and i started to even i was going i got to a point where i was doing enough auditions i felt like where i was like man i'm Am I just crazy even being like here in the city trying to pursue acting after I've grown up in music world or whatever, but then like, but then uh, got Mount Joy, which was a, you know, kind of indie rock drama and got a, got a part in that, like a, uh, it's a, it's a B part, you know, but it was, it was fun to, it, it was reassuring is all I guess I'm trying to get at where I was like, okay, like just the voice in my head saying, just keep at it, whatever you do. And you're mm-hmm. going to be, the variables are going to work in one's favor. You know, like I totally, the, the bigger, the chances are that you're going to land whatever role you're meant to land. It's so interesting, right? Like in school, I went to, to college in a, in an acting program and you know, every professor at some point said, if you can do anything else other than acting, do it. And I, you know, sort of, recoiled at that back mm. then. because I was like, no, I'm going to follow through. I'm going to do it. But yeah. now as I've sort of discovered more about myself and the ways that I engage with the world and what I find interesting, like I do kind of understand that like, just because you're engaging in other things doesn't mean you're giving up on acting. It just makes you more well-rounded and like it gives yeah. you the opportunity to find those parts that fit who you are. Right. Because you know more about yourself and you know, like the skills you possess and all that good stuff. Oh, totally. You're not pushing, you're it, w- trying to push your way into a role that you don't fit some sort of thing. Like, or there's just like less of a pressure maybe that, or expectation that, that one is putting on, on, on all those. Uh, yeah. I do uh, think it's about expectation first and foremost, totally. Well, it's, I'm, I'm so excited that, that you've gotten the gigs that you've got and are you missing the stage or, and, and, or, you know, that, that the, audition uh environment like after all a year of covid schmovid yeah i mean i just i would love to be in front of an audience you know there's nothing there's nothing better it's just yes. like through communing which i really miss um what's interesting is that the last couple of years my focus has been primarily on puppetry um and oh, yeah and that is a medium that some of my friends have sort of translated to the digital space. They're using really? like Twitch or streaming services or like Discord to create a community and sort of create um, like puppet content that way, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really fascinating experiment because it's combining something that is live and like visceral in the way that theater is with, you know, film. And, and like live taping, like TV streaming, right? So it's this weird hybrid of all of these art forms. Um, Mixing a little production in with it, kind of in the presentation side of things. That's yeah. kind of be a, a fun, a fun new uh, kind of like maybe a little extra step involved of, of, of the presentation, but that that's still probably creatively. That's I'm, I'm guessing that's a, maybe it brings out a resourcefulness that wouldn't have been approached prior. Totally. Everyone's being super resourceful right now. I mean, you know, we only have so many outlets for creative impulses. You know what that's like, like you're, you know, Mm -hmm. you created a podcast. Like we're all trying to find ways to (laughs) Mm -hmm. to express ourselves. It's amazing how accessible it is. That's what I was kind of like going 
I was going if I'm as I'm I'm just now learning. If anybody's listened to my past episode, it's just like this jazz song that's seven minutes that loops through the whole thirty minute interview. But I'm gonna I'm gonna like re-edit and wait wait wait. There's underscoring happening under this. <laughs> I, I I'll make it the song change at least on for you. You'll be the first person to get some <laughs> couple different songs. But like since Spotify uh, owns it, I, I guess that's interesting. How like the publishing side more. I guess come from music side. I'm like, it's interesting for a company like Spotify. It's like Tower Records owning a, you know, uh, an audio book company or or software, but that you know you're able to import whatever music you know that you want really to help underscore. Which I think that's a cool, cool budding up of. Uh, hopefully, it's stimulating. Of course, like a little, even if it's like one cent per time a song is used in an audio uh, or in a podcast you know that the writer or you know people that the composers they they make a whatever their fair share might consist of but are you um are you using jazz music because of jazz boy i'm actually more just going the just the vibe i like the soothing you know oh cool so i should like pull it back is what you're saying like let's do a chill energy interview (laughs) well you know I guess I feel, I feel like it's an approachable, like, it's like, but that thanks for asking about the jazz boy tie. Cause I definitely have a love for jazz and like, I'm so naive on it, you know, but and I miss that about New York too. Just even going to random, you know, undergroundy, like fat, is it fat cat? That that was a, a, a oh, the, place, the place in the village. Yeah. Yeah. Like those, I remember going down there time or two though. And <clears throat> hearing that level of, playing and i mean nashville hardly nashville's got a jazz scene but i was gonna say you're like in the best city in the country for music definitely one of them you know it's but and that, that's always fun i think that the just the way the styles kind of interlink you know new york and nashville i think they've, there's inevitably you know influences over the years and and it's and it's it's fun to just kind of uh tag those throughout life or, or experience and and even if there's any way to diplomatically, you know, have those collaborative uh, efforts that combine. That's always Wait, exciting. like between cities or do you mean like genre overlap? What do you mean specifically? I guess both even like, like say you have a reggae band from Brooklyn. Oh, sure. Like do a, a song with Toby Keith. Like that sounds like a terrible <laughs> match. But I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Or, that song would not be a song I would listen to, but yes, okay, got it. <laughs> I promise I would. I would not. I would not listen Brandon, to that. Brandon, could song. you do me a favor and write that song? That would be great. Okay. Yes. That maybe I'll I'll end. Uh, you know, uh, a demo quality uh, attempt at at, at yeah. the tag. No, it's as your, ne- tag. your next DP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look out, y'all! It's gonna be hitting the digital digital shelves oh but, man you've been like making the rounds uh talking about your music and stuff recently well it's it, i've been trying to utilize all the online dependency and pro you know promo because everybody i think people are on their computers and phones so much more than you know before the spanish flu of oh, 2020 commenced but uh at the same time uh yeah no i was i was going into last year ready to like put out my solo stuff you know just singles that have been sitting on the shelf for like 10 years and um but yeah i'm, I'm really just excited 
to, you know, you got, like you're saying, you got different stoves going, uh, mm-hmm. like even as a creative. And that's, that's interesting to hear your, was it your college pr- professor that had recommended, Hey, acting. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. Like literally every thing. professor I've ever had. Okay, Just because yeah. the lifestyle is so hard. I mean, you know, the whole mm-hmm. thing is a grind, right? If you're not hustling, you're falling behind. At least that's how it yeah. feels to me. Totally. Yeah. So. No, it's, I, I, it, I, I, it's nice to have my dry erase board that I bought at Walmart, you know, to just kind of chart out each project and go, okay, what's the next thing that I can, even if it's the littlest thing to attempt to m- help it. M- what's uh, on, what's on your whiteboard right now? Let me grab it real quick. I've got the, uh, oh yeah. Just, you know, checking up on the progress of your, uh, your, uh, projects here. Well, not to be narcissistic, too narcissistic on this podcast. I mean, listen, there's only two voices and one of them is yours. You know what I mean? So like, let's just own it. <laughs> you're sweet to even, this is, I feel like we're kind of, it's a good segue of what, how you're, how interactive your, your podcast is. Tune in everybody. <laughs> Tune in. Cause I ask everyone about their whiteboards. <laughs> I've just got Nashville software school at the top of the list. Cause it's been software more, school. So that's been a, not as creative, It, but it's, you know, it's been interesting to see this parallels with like you know, certain, uh, wait, I need way more context. You're going to software school, like coding. Well, I I applied and got accepted, but I'm I'm trying to figure out. Thanks. I'm thanks. It's, it's a good option to have. And I'm, I'm kind of just going to, I think I'm going to go into it. Yes. And style. Cause I I'm, and I'm re relighting my acting world, you know, I just got new headshots and getting that agent with it. Yeah. You need headshots to go to software school, you know? Exactly. And cause I mean, I, if I was a teacher, I would, you know, I would want a particular cast of people, you know, in, to teach. in my coding classes, mm-hmm. like whether it's, I would want, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Ted Danson, you know, if I, if I could have a room of folks, Craig Kilborn, I would really of students love. learning how to learning how to create software. Those would be your pick. <laughs> Yeah, I think those ages that they're they're all them are in is a perfect. To, it's like proof it's never too late. I don't think late. Maggie Gyllenhaal and Ted Danson are the same age. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a little diversity, I guess, it being kind of a postgradish style like uh, curriculum. Sure. But yeah, continuing ed sort of population. If Wait, you're so teaching what do you a class, do? well, do you, software. <laughs> so there's there's front uh, front end and back end, and I've like been utilizing some you may have seen like commercials for treehouse or code academy there there's some of those um, online curriculums that are really accessible to if you ever want to like crack the surface on on just the way that html css and javascript are are co- like the coding and and the way that those languages work and and more there's like python you know and sql and uh r and i'm i guess it depends on what kind of job you're looking for but the I guess the fact of the matter is I've I've got enough friends that are like musicians or creatives that have gone and take class taking classes at Nashville Software School or other places like you know just studying the same idea or, or topic of coding and uh, it's been cool to see them have that be a, a you know reliable consistent job and then they can of course you know just do the music as a hobby like like you're we were kind of getting at with the acting thing it's like it's kind of cool. I remember hearing a story about a 60 year old or, you know, around 60 year old guy that had retired. And then he just went to Broadway and cause he wanted to do Broadway always, but he waited till after he had 
at his actual career. But then he got all the old man roles because there's only so many like old people to compete with maybe that were I, I wish I knew who it was, but it was it was definitely somebody doing stage, you know, Broadway right mm-hmm. there. But I mean, not that not to encourage like, yeah, everybody hold off on your dreams till you're 65 and then implement them. But I, I thought that was uh, just one of those one of the many stories, you know, of, of people having other talents and. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I want to be clear, like, of like, a, I don't consider acting a hobby. Like that is what I do. Right. Like if I, my yeah. goal is for that to be my main True, source of yeah. income, like the way I'm spending my time, you know, Yes. Na- right na- now things are different because the industry is sort of developing in a different way because of COVID and everything that's happened. But like, I think just to clarify the point of like, in embracing the other things I'm interested in, you know, different versions of performance like puppetry or like, you know, I also teach. So offering theater, you know, an entryway to theater for other folks, like that's just a way of augmenting the way that I experience my actor self. You know, it's a different way to find the joy. It's not, it's not like giving up on it or, or, you know, putting Mm -hmm. it on a, on a back burner. It's just, it's exploring it from a different angle. And pardon me if I did start to. Oh, no, no, no. I just want, I wanted to clarify that point just to like. Totally. Well, what's the theater that, that you help the, the younger folks at get into theater, right? Is it kind of a, uh, I can't remember what the name of the program is, but. Yeah. It's so I mean, cool. I teach, I teach all sorts of, of theater techniques and, and styles and genres to folks of all ages and abilities. Um, I work for a bunch of nonprofits like right now. Geez, I'm teaching so many classes. I'm partnering with DOE schools, um, Department of Ed schools, and like helping to augment their curriculum with theater. Oh, awesome. Um, I'm working, uh, I'm teaching some puppetry classes. I have taught circus in the past, a lot of devising and physical theater. I want to take classes from you. Seriously, though, like uh, I would, that uh, between puppetry and even like being a clown, like I, I, one of my uncles, I think I might have told you, but he's he's he was a clown or went to clown school, you know, and got it was my dream to go to clown school when I was younger. I had this there was this video in our library that we rented. I mean, we should have just bought it from the library. We rented it so much, but it was like a how to be Ringling Brothers, how to be a clown video. And it taught you how to do the makeup and it taught you like what kind of costumes to look for, juggling. And I was I mean, I was obsessed as a kid. I wanted to run away and join the circus so desperately. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Did, and did you go see the circus? Uh, like you're in Chicago, right? As yeah, we saw the circus every year for a period of time. And I remember Fun. in like maybe second grade or something, we had to make these timelines about our lives with like milestones on them. And yeah. One year we went to the circus and because of the way the arena was set up or something, our part of the audience had to move to a different part of the audience for a trapeze act because they were like rigged right above us. And I led the parade with one of the like, you know, big showgirls. Oh, and and I put that on my timeline as like a milestone in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. That, that, and just to be able to, I, I'm hearing the bum, 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 yeah, bum, exactly. Bum, 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 bum. Exactly. We like made up dance moves as we wandered around the arena. Listen, it was a big, it was a to do, oh. Brandon. It was a to do. Is that on your resume? Maybe even to definitely with, uh, circus leader at age eight or nine, whatever it was. Hired. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, that is so. And then, so with the puppetry, is there any channels 
that you would recommend people to check out? Like, you're like, man, if you're going to see like um, right now too, even like on Instagram or YouTube or like, there's so much good puppetry out there. And what's really amazing about the internet is that you can kind of learn how to do it for yourself. I mean, if you're interested, there are some great people that I would recommend um, checking out on a lot of networks for classes. I mean, the Henson Mm. foundation is always hosting puppet festivals and, and they will um, support shows every year. Also the puppet slam network has um, like a puppet slam. It's like a poetry slam. It's short form pieces that are compiled into a night. But if you're interested in seeing what's going on in different parts of the country, checking out the puppet slam network is definitely the way that I recommend you do that. Um, And that's a nice sampler because you can see like stop motion, you can see, you know, tabletop puppets, you can see shadow puppetry, like it's just whatever people are inspired to make. They often have a theme. It's very cool. Highly recommend wow. checking it out. And and when you purchase your actual puppet characters, uh, are you is there a shop that you go to, or is there an online place that you you found rip on a repeated, you know, kind of a basis like uh, as a reliable or, or a, a favorable spot to? Well, buy so it? I have primarily acted as a puppeteer, so activating other people's puppets that they've built. I've started playing around recently with, um, like, I mean, found object puppetry is, you know, bringing things you have around you to life in dynamic ways. But I've started working on needle felting, which is taking, like, wool and crafting it into characters. But in Mm. terms of building, I mean, I most puppeteers that I know... um, are not purchasing puppets, they're actually building them from scratch. And there are a lot of different schools of thought about, you know, what what mediums to use and what techniques to use and mechanisms and that kind of thing. Almost materials that that work better and, and are easier to yeah, kind of totally. have control over. Totally. That's amazing. And and I wonder stylistically if there's was there who who are there any famous puppeteers that you go, well, this is kind of like the Michael Jordan of 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 puppeteers or, or I mean, there are puppet so characters many, depending on who and what kind of puppetry you're into you know there's bob baker marionette theater there's mum and chance mm. which would have invented like black light puppetry mm. obviously jim henson you know with the muppets there's lots of different avenues to check out depending on like what kind of puppetry really floats your boat right like what you respond to yeah that's interesting even like there's Oh, like you're saying different styles or genres, even is there like, is, is fantasy, is there like a, a certain, I'm trying to think even if there's like, you know, Japanimation style characters that are used in, in, I don't know if there's like Japanimation puppetry or I guess it's not Japanimation (laughs) if it's not animated, but. I mean, you know, stop motion could be thought of as a, as a style of puppetry, right? Like your figures, your puppets, bringing them to life. But, you know, if if you're talking about that part of the world, like Bunraku is a huge style of puppetry and there's a long and rich history and, you know, it's a, has a lot of cultural significance. Um, That's so cool. Also like forms of mask can be puppetry, right? And like Kabuki theater, there's just, there's so many forms. I couldn't possibly talk about them all in the time. Wow. And is that, that's, but you're, that's great that you're able to kind of pass that knowledge on, even on a, like at schools or, and, or do you, with the online classes, is that, is that part of what, I mean, depending on what, what the topic is that they're wanting to study, like, 
you can yeah, have depending it on what we're focusing it. on. Um, a lot of my classes are sort of an intro to puppetry or a sampler, right? So if I'm depending on the population I'm teaching and you know what kind of build skills are there, I, I try to show professional examples because I think that's really helpful to see it in context. And yeah. then we, we do some sort of build project, right? Where we make our own modified version of those puppets, something we can do in the time we have together. And then we get to play with them, right? A lot of it is imagination. Saying so yes, fun. understanding character development, you know. And voices, of course, like that's got to yeah, be. Yeah, totally. Just... That's part of it. Absolutely. And do you have any, do you have like on, I guess on the dry erase board style or like just even on the steno, you know, or paper, do you have like your characters written out, even organized, just kind of cataloged to an extent? Or, or is it more in your brain that you just kind of you go, oh, I've got these different, I go the, you tend to go these approaches with certain voices yeah it depends right it depends on the character i mean i don't have like a list written out because it's so fluid and flexible depending on the project you know yeah um but yeah, really yeah, meant I mean, to change totally and it's all coming from my instrument right it's my voice it's my body so like mm -hmm. those are the limitations and then you get to play within that frame you know yeah that that is cool i guess you're, you're really getting to paint that character at story by story and and then uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, did, is there any favorite voices though that you have that you go, oh, or that you'd like to share right here? Even a oh, that I'd like to share. Well, I mean, I my dog voice is not a character, but I, as you know, <laughs> I have two dogs. Yes, you know they're sweet, but my dog voice uh, is the way that I talk to them, and I'm sure everyone has a weird dog voice. But Mullen, the cuddle sounds like this. When I talk to them, I'll say, "Excuse me, Isabel." Would you like to? Would you like to have a playtime with your mother? And then she'll say, "Yes, I would." And I'll say, "Okay, well, let's find her toe. Let's make sure it's is it squeaking. That's good. Would you like some belly scratches?" <laughs> and that's honestly, oh. that's that's less of a dog voice and more just like how I talk around the house at this point. We've been home for so long, I've lost all sense of reality. You know. <laughs> I I hear you, and I'm, it's been. Uh, man, it's been helpful to socialize via Friendship Movie Theater. Just a little plug here. FMT has been a concept that, uh, you know, batch of friends getting online Zoom, hitting three, two, one play and watching more bad movies intentionally than better than good movies. But the weekends, I, I guess at, at one point, weekends were, you know, like, or it was a Saturday night that we we're like, Hey, let's actually watch a good movie that oh my God. has a well, budget. Listen, mm. Only so much Stephen Baldwin you can take before you need <laughs> a little palate cleanser, you know? Oh yeah. That's, it's been really good to know who Justin Bieber has married, you know, into as far as, and but listen, as far as attractive couples, like they're hot. You know what I mean? They good are. Yeah. I, I totally, I, I, I guess I don't mean to, entirely bash them or anything because that's oh, congratulations. No, I mean, it's fine. I just think like, you know, they look good together. Totally. And There's something weirdly satisfying about hot people marrying other hot people. Yes, there is a completion. You're like, okay, good. There's they they weren't then you trust them almost. You trust that they that they they their heads are on straight. That they're not just you know surprising us all with marrying uh, like a uh, Sesame Street character. Oh, sure. That Cookie was Monster. Right. Yeah. No, hot people can only marry other hot people or Sesame Street characters. 
totally like and i've oh no uh, don't get me started on the gossip the sesame street gossip oh no I've please heard. go go ahead well i've actually heard that big bird and tinky winky from teletubbies had a thing and i don't know like if they crossed paths in the west coast or if is it was like clarifying question is tinky winky the yellow one he's the purple one he's the purple one got it um and and if you're listening and and and, and i'm incorrect please like let's talk this out because if i've, I've yeah because brandon's an expert on teletubbies yeah i've like spent you know i had my my buddy gabe gave me a vhs as a a teenager and then I'm, I'm looking at a keychain that i interact with on the instagrams and you know poe i've got poe the red one and he he's a good dancer but wait 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 what keychain are you working with well it's it's like maybe the size of my hand but it's got like a one of those that you have there in person with you totally yeah poe's like looking at me in the studio so i can it, it keeps me on my toes like you know he, on your pose yeah yeah <laughs> And exactly. So it's, it's been good. I mean, thanks to Teletubbies. I, I, I can trust Poe. I just tinky winky though. When I heard that he was doing, had like a undercover affair with Big Bird, I was like, really? Okay. I know they got vibrant, you know, colors. And mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. What color would that baby be? It'd be a gro It'd be like Brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it would match. Yeah. Match kind of a, like a moss Brown. Gross. Uh, Brandon, I have a question for you. If me. you had to thank uh, no more, no less than three people in an acceptance speech, I guess, or things or characters, whatever, who would you thank? Is it people that I know or is it anybody? Well, listen, it's your acceptance speech. I think it's just, you know, the, the most important three, the big three, no pressure. I'd say my brother. I'd say my dad and then johnny greenwood from radiohead on musically inspiring and influencing like us a melodic or at least helping me realize how everybody's got their own melody mm, that's sweet would you still thank johnny greenwood if it was an oscar like uh an oscar the grouch or oscar award oscar award <laughs> oh yeah, uh, if you were receiving an Oscar the Grouch, would you still thank Johnny Greenwood? I would, I would, I would <laughs> probably not, like, because uh -huh. he he wouldn't be relevant and uh, to that. And but I would, I would think, uh, if it was an Oscar award, I would thank Jim Carrey or Chris Farley. Well, I mean, you, you can only really pick one, it's the oh, top three. Okay, Farley, I've got to say Farley. <laughs> Chris, yes. Thanks for helping me whittle down. <laughs> who well, now thing? we know. You know, it was game time. You made the decision. Well, who would who would you be if you had three uh, and you were accepting your Oscar, your your, your third Oscar award in I your life? My third Oscar. Well, I mean, if I've won two already, I probably wouldn't thank anybody. I'd probably use it as a platform to spread, you know, empathy and veganism. Um, okay. Yes. Signature. Yeah. Like at that Love point, it. no one, you know, like you've done it already. Like Meryl Streep is, you know. She has her short list of people she that not that I'm comparing myself to Meryl Streep. Let's be very clear. But you know, she has the short list, and then she's like, and also this thing that's really important. Allow me to use this as a platform to spread messaging. Oh uh, yeah, she is prompt about having it written out, isn't it? And it like I feel like that I've I've seen her give a thank you speech, but 
it's it's only if she was as lucky enough to be as good of an actress as you that she would that win. is not true i definitely think that uh i would be i would be a totally different person if i was a successful character chameleon the way that meryl streep is a character chameleon well I guess like senses of melodies, everybody's got their own characters and abilities to portray those characters. So totally, I, I, I would, I would put you right, right there, fair and square with Mrs. Streep. That's nice. Let's not tell her that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll just, I'll send the link to her of this podcast, but I don't, it's, it's her call. If she wants to take the time and give it a listen, but. Thank you so much for joining today, this afternoon on the sunny Sunday. Is it sunny in the city right now? It's not. It's very overcast. There's a storm a brewing. Okay. I can relate on the, the, it's a, makes it a good siesta kind of nappy. Yeah. It's a nap day. We've come full circle to sleep. That was excellent. Good work. (laughs) I just don't have my sleeping bag on that our product idea, but next time we talk, Hopefully yeah, I we'll expect have some, you to be in a sleeping bag. Absolutely. And if not, I'll have some draw ups, you know, kind of like like of, of potential approaches and we can kind of compare notes and and talk to our manufacturer. Take it from there if that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize we were creating a new sleeping bag. I sort of felt like it was just, you know, like a gathering. But listen, if you want to create merch, I will take a look at your your mock ups. Thank you so much, Emily Batsford. Oh my God, that was that like sped by. We talked about such silly things. Then <laughs> you got your I vaccination. How how that sounded like it went as smooth as it ever could, sort of thing. Yeah, I got so I got the first round of the vaccination. So I'm scheduled for my next one in about a month. Um, yeah, it was really like pretty seamless. The city, at least at the site I was at, had everybody you know moving through quickly and. They were really careful about making sure everybody felt okay and was given the right information. And, you know, I felt like taken care of, which is exciting. That's good um, to hear yeah, that they've good. got, it feels like a, it's not like it's, yeah, out of, out of whack. Like people kind of had a protocol down and, yeah, and we're sticking to it. I mean, I will say like, I'm going to throw out the caveat that like I, the reason I am, I even qualify for this vaccine is because I am a contractor with the DOE. So you know, I'm getting the vaccine so that I can go into schools and be with students in person, right? I recognize uh, okay. that, like, I'm not a high-risk population, but hopefully by getting the vaccine, it means that, like, kids can come back to school and then people can start to work again in a more traditional way. So um, totally. that's, like, the ultimate goal for my vaccination. Well, way to, way to be on it, too, like, be on top of just getting that going and getting the motor running. That's because that Man, it's just amazing to think of how it's a New York being such a man, a mass, one of the biggest cities, you know, it's just like a wave. It's got to be such a wave of communicating that to the everybody in the city. Like, hey, here's who's kind of fits the totally. the bill. Totally. And right now, you know, only six percent of the population has been vaccinated at all. So at, in oh, wow. New York City. So it's a slow process, but hopefully in another six months or so, we'll start to sort of feel efforts. Cause even after I'm vaccinated, like obviously I'm still going to wear masks. You can still carry the virus. So I don't want to get anybody else sick. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just a small step, but hopefully if we all do our part, it means we can start to see each other again. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, though, let's give it up for Emily. Thank you so much for your time, and it's uh, so lovely to see you. And, and thank you all for tuning in to We Are Incredible. Incredible. Keep your eyes out for Emily Batsford. Coming oh. to a theater near you. Yep. Who knows? Theaters are not a real thing in COVID, but maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs>